0: So how are you liking your purple hair? How's it panning out?
1: I'm liking it. I miss my blonde. I miss like the all blonde look, but like at the Mm -hmm. same time, um,
0: I think I needed something a little different right now. Yeah, fun. I saw you guys went to a wedding.
1: Yeah, my cousin got married. Um, That was, it it was, it was nice. It was a really fun wedding, Um, but it was also just kind of weird being around so many people. Mm, um yeah I think both Graham and I were a little not super uneasy but a little bit I mean it was everyone had to be vaccinated to be there like you had to have proof of vaccination um but it was nice it was nice to get dressed up oh good yeah
0: awesome yeah um this next year year and a half Probably next two years is just going to be so jam-packed with weddings. Yeah. It's going to be crazy.
1: It truly is. And I mean, they're doing a really good job of having events like that right now, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many more people getting vaccinated, people just being more aware of, um, you know, just being mindful of of others and being, you know, if you're ill, don't go to something. (laughs) Right. Right. I think it's good. And all the venues seem to be on top of it. So.
0: Yeah. It definitely puts um, gives me ease of mind that my venue is Mm -hmm. pretty much all outdoor. Yeah. So it's all open air. Obviously, there's like the internal part of the restaurant, like the actual cave part, um, but we wouldn't be taking up that um, space of the right spot. You've still so got running. like a year though i I feel like I have three hundred and sixty <laughs> days <laughs> according to my Zola countdown,
1: yes, you're officially
0: <laughs> under one year now <laughs> I am yeah, it's pretty crazy. um, I got my wedding dress appointment coming up like to, to go shopping, and mm-hmm. I'm talking to different planners and um just this morning, i tried on some um I, I went in like before work super early, like first appointment. Um I could grab, went to this lash place in mm-hmm. um a town over and got lash extensions. I've been thinking about it for years. And I'm like, okay, like let me try this out, give myself a year to kind of get used to it and see what it's like. See if that's something that I want to do for my wedding. But it's amazing, like all the things that I suddenly have to worry about. And all the algorithms know I'm planning a wedding. So I'm <laughs> being bombarded with everything that, like, shit that you really don't have to worry about. Yeah. But that good marketing makes you feel like you do have to worry about. Those cookies, they get you. Oh, my gosh. The damn cookies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, No, but it's it's good. Um, And Gavin and I were just like talking yesterday about how excited we are and it's just going to be so fun i'm I'm, i think i'm just waiting on quotes back from all the planners that i reached out to to finally decide who to go with right um and then really that'll be i'll I'll get to only do like the fun stuff of planning i won't have to stress so much yes as if i were actually planning it myself yeah 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 so Anywho. Exciting. Uh-huh. Um, another development. Uh, I'm very well aware. Y'all are, are too nice. No one has reached out to complain. But I am very aware on how behind I am in sending out our thank you letters to our Patreon members. <laughs> <laughs> so as part of Patreon, whatever level you sign up for, um, I actually send out a handwritten thank you note to y'all if you provide your mailing address that is right Um, most people don't but for those who do we do send it out Um, and I finally sat down and wrote out all the ones that are due so everyone that's been a Patreon member even if you cancelled a few months ago and you're not currently a (laughs) Patreon member but if you ever were at some point a Patreon member and you never got your thank you letter and you shared your mailing address with us you will be getting a thank you note in the mail. <laughs> Finally sending them out.
1: <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I feel like this this is a good time as we enter into the, the cold seasons to play catch up on the things that
0: we haven't yeah. done
1: yet in like all manners. I actually, uh, timing-wise for this episode was perfect because I had just gotten home from a doctor's appointment where it was like, we went over all these different things. I got, I got my blood taken. I got prescriptions mm-hmm. filled. I got a shot. I got referrals. <laughs> and I walked out feeling like I'm all set <laughs> for the next <laughs> few months.
0: <laughs> but nice. it's that
1: feeling of like playing catch up. Cause I hadn't seen my doctor yeah. in since before the pandemic. So,
0: I mean, yeah, so many people put shit off, you know, because yeah. obviously a hospital or a, Doctor's office wasn't the place he wanted to be at <laughs> Yep, in the height of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's good that you got that stuff out of the way. I still need to go in to get my flu shot. Just, and then hopefully my my booster for Pfizer or COVID or whatever. Yeah. The COVID vaccine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. I was a Moderna girl, so. They just released uh, an update from Moderna boosters. I originally was told I could get the booster, so I got off early, like, two weeks ago to get it, and I showed Mm -hmm. up, and they're like, you actually don't qualify for this? She was a little rude. And she gave me a list, and she's like, do you have any of these? And I looked at it, and I was like, I don't... My doctor told me to be here. (laughs) She's like, if you don't have any of these, we can't give it to you. And I was like, okay. That's when I left, and I, like, I made my appointment. And today, she's like, you do qualify, so especially now oh. that we have these new like guidelines uh yeah. you'll get a new thing to set it up i'm like okay cool like that's another time right. to like get off work early but okay <laughs> <laughs> Just give me what i need let me be done yeah
0: my sister just got her a booster today actually nice yeah and uh gavin should be due for his i need to remind him to go and do it um mm-hmm. he's also like going to the doctor for the first time in like two years <laughs> <laughs> aside from like his endocrinologist obviously he sees him when he should as uh-huh. a diabetic right but like his primary care-, care physician for all other concerns I'm like you need to go and he's like oh I'm gonna go and I have my laundry list of things to bring, bring up perfect <laughs> Um yeah, not that Gavin has been unhealthy, but it's just been so long since he's, you know, right. it's going to be like a full checkup, which is great. It may, it eases my mind. And then, you know, hopefully he can get his booster while he's there or at least make the appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, as a diabetic, I'm always super concerned for him, especially since he's the one person in this house that actually goes out on a regular basis and faces the public for right. work. yeah. Um, it's like not only does he go in on a, in an office setting, he's also he works with the public because um, yeah. he's a, a an assistant branch manager at a local credit union here. So he deals with a lot of people coming in and out from all sorts of parts. And that always makes me very nervous. Yeah. Um. So definitely get to your vaccines when and if you can, y'all. Yeah. And that booster that's coming out. We are, I'm thirsty for it.
1: <laughs> we're pro-health and thinking of others. I'm going to call mm-hmm. it that. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Um, we, I know we have a Patreon, Patreon shout-out to do before we get started. We.
1: We have two, I believe. I know we have Savannah. Okay, yeah, just the one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I started something different. Savannah. Thank you. Thank you, Savannah. And she's a big time supporter.
0: Yeah, she's a top tier supporter. Top tier. Hey, big spender. (laughs) 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 All right. Why don't you introduce our topic for today?
1: Oh, you know it. Uh, So today's topic is one that was actually touched on a little bit at the very beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. in its infancy, um, but we're going to go into it a little bit more in depth and kind of talk about the difference uh, between uh, kind of what was discussed and what this is, um, but I thought it was a perfect topic for this time of year as we are celebrating Samhain, Halloween, Dia de los Muertos, whatever it might be. Um, so I thought we would discuss ancestor veneration, what yes. that is, how to do it. Uh, and, you know, it wouldn't be us if it, if there weren't a few like touches of ethics as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even though um, this
0: isn't like an ethical witchcraft episode, but right. if if there's if it has to be covered, we will cover it. Oh, you know it.
1: I actually mm-hmm. went back and forth like I was like, is this a how to? Is this an ethics? Is this is, that, is it's just it is what it is and it'll be both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's also been like a super popular topic um in the world right and like not even just in witchcraft just in general ancestor talks of it um it's coming yeah. up a lot um and in if we are looking at the witch community it's not just witches it's pagans as well that right. are are really trying to get involved because um you know if you're if, if you're especially pagan you're looking for your roots you're looking for where your practice came from right and you do that by looking through your own history. Um, there aren't too many pagans who are like, you know, I don't have an ounce of, you know, Celtic blood in me, but why not? I'm a Celtic pagan. Usually there's some, some in you. Some sort of co- connection. Yeah.
0: Culturally speaking. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, and this, you know, is especially true for... um I mean, this looking for your roots is especially true in a lot of white witches and pagans because we do deal with, you know, we're white, but like, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, we kind of want to look back to where our families came from. What did they practice? And this is where we get into it. Um, So the term that's usually bounced around a lot is ancestor work. Much mm-hmm. like shadow work is kind of put pulled up, um, which kind of gives the connotation that there's there's work involved in it. But yeah, you know, what does that really mean though? To do ancestor work? Like most of Witchcraft, it's kind of a it's a it's like a catch-all term. It's like very shadow work, I swear one day you guys we are gonna do a shadow work episode. You, we will, <laughs> we will for sure. In depth. Um but I just lost my place. We're going to dive into it. We're going to dissect ancestor work, work and really look at the veneration part of it. And like I said, it's the perfect time of year to do it because it's uh, the veil is quite thin. It is a wafer-thin veil at the moment and getting mm-hmm. thinner as we continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's perfect. So yeah, first, let's talk about what ancestor veneration is not.
0: Yes, because that's a very important way to distinguish what your practice will look like when you work in Ancestor Veneration. So it is not to be confused with Ancestor Worship. God, yeah. So Ancestor Worship or Worship of any kind would be taking um, a person past deceased living or a deity Putting them up on a pedestal and being like, y'all are amazing, y'all are perfect, I worship you, I am at your feet. That's <laughs> not what ancestor veneration is. No. So, I mean, the witchy world especially loves using the word worship, worshipping, it's mm-hmm. just obsessed with it, um, and is often confused with veneration. Um. Yeah. So so veneration, then, what does that mean? Veneration is to regard with reverence or respect. Um, worship is to ascribe worth as well as regard with reverence or respect. So in English, the word worship usually, but not always, refers to the reverent love and devotion accorded a deity or a god, mm-hmm. or like if it's like the god, a capital g um whatever sort of deity you, you ascribe to um however in other cultures this act of worship does not confer any belief that the departed ancestors have become some kind of deity mm-hmm. so rather the act is a way to express fil- filial du- duty that's tough that's my new Two favorite words. word by the way filial <laughs> filial duty devotion and respect um and basically like looking after ancestors and their afterlives as well as seeking their guidance um as a living descendant Mm -hmm. right so veneration worship both words are quite similar when you're looking at the english language but are put into practice rather differently um and in dismantling whiteness It makes a world of difference. Um, Ancestor veneration isn't necessarily family veneration either. Mm -hmm. It's understanding that we all come from the same roots if we go back far enough, which is pretty damn cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, It's understanding that we go back to a time that predates any sort of record we have access to. Um, So, so much, the majority of of pagan times, obviously there were some... Written record, but for the most part, it's all oral tradition, yeah, and just you know things that are passed down um so it we don't have like the pagans Bible to you know refer to or anything and, exactly. and honestly history seldom when you're taking like a history class or even a world's religions class, seldom does it really dive deep into you know pagan practice either it kind of goes straight into like so there were these pagans all right now let's dissect Jude- J- judaism christianity um islam Absolutely. let's go into the buddhist and this and that and it's just like the pagans are so often just forgotten it's, they
1: were pagan and then they were christian <laughs> i mean not and the then pagan. they were cavemen and then they were christian
0: Exactly. What I like, always there's felt this, like to me. <laughs> yeah, there's like this huge leap, and it's like, okay, so like now that we've mentioned the word pagan, that's as far as we're going to go into it. Let's talk about Christianity. Yeah. Um. But anyways. Um. Yada yada. I lost my place. Okay. So ancestor veneration isn't genealogy. So genealogy. Can certainly help you feel connected and give you a direction, but isn't necessarily a form of veneration. So remember that this is a huge privilege that not everyone has access to for a number of reasons. Right. Ultimately, ancestor veneration is the respect and esteem held for those who have gone before us and who are our family, whether by birth or choice. Mm hmm. Um, it's about keeping the memories alive telling the stories to the younger generation there's that oral tradition Mm -hmm. helping others know a little bit about the ancestors even if they were gone a super long time ago and I know personally for me I grew up like I didn't have very many like fairy tale story times my dad would sit down and tell me stories of our family
1: oh that's so special
0: Although he was damn good at, like, coming up with bedtime stories on the fly. There's a few that they're pretty, like, I don't know where this guy got this stuff. It was pretty great. But for the most part, that's whenever we were at a restaurant, I was bored. I would always turn to him and be like, can you tell me the can you tell me that story about the time where. You know, uh, my great-grandfather caught you with the shotgun when you were nine and then you accidentally (laughs) shot the briefcase full of our ancestors' photos and and the smoke from the shotgun made the nanny think that the house was on fire and so she was crawling on all fours. (laughs) Tell that one again.
1: (laughs) See, stories like that are priceless. It's like... (laughs) I mean, that one in particular sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And my dad has to tell it. And he always, like, puts so much theatrics in it. Honestly, um, I'm not saying that it's exclusive to Dominicans. But ask a Dominican to tell a story. They know how to tell a fucking story. <laughs> they put their entire spirit and body into it. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> that's, I feel like there are some, like, cultures where that's a fit. Like, Italians, I feel like mm-hmm. they have a particular way of storytelling.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's it's different, but it's, it's, it's Italian. It's, it's an Italian way of telling a story. I love it. Anyone that can tell a good story, I love. But yeah, I love that. So, okay. Well, let's talk about what ancestor veneration is as we're discussing it kind of casually. So it's the veneration of the dead, including one's dead ancestors. It's based on love and respect. Um, some cultures venerate their dead loved ones and community members, and then some religions venerate saints. So that's very, you know, and it does kind of, I think when you venerate saints, that does kind of cross into the, the worship aspects of, um, like mm-hmm. who we were just talking about when I did my, my haunted Holland, the saint that was involved with the killing a bunch of people, the bloodstat.
0: Oh, yikes. But yeah, like, I know that there's, the growing animals. up Catholic, there were particular saints, like, each saint is a patron of something. Yeah. And, like, St. Anthony, you prayed, too, for when, yeah, lost items and...
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Yada, yada, and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there was that, um, but veneration is, is a little bit different, especially with ancestors, but that does, that's, you know, it's still a good example of this, um... And European, Asian, Ocean, Ocean, Ocean. Why is that tripping me up? African oceanian? and Oceanian,
0: Oceanian,
1: Oceanian, Oceanian, Oceanian. That's
0: like Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, that. Um, nice. Not chance.
1: I'm African <laughs> and Afro diasporic <laughs> cultures. So for all of them, the goal of ancestor veneration. Uh, Was and is to ensure the ancestors continued well-being and positive disposition towards the living and sometimes to ask for special favors or assistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, The social or non-religious function of ancestor veneration is to cultivate kinship values such as filial piety, which if you don't know that word, that's (laughs) like um, a filial duty would be like a, a son or daughter's duty to their parents.
0: Yeah, kind of like the, some sort of duty you have towards a family member or a family yeah, group.
1: Exactly. Uh so family loyalty and continu continuity.
0: Continuity?
1: Of the, continuity. Of <laughs> the family lineage. <laughs> Ancestor veneration occurs in societies with every degree of social, political, and technological complexity, and it remains an important component of various religious practice in modern times. In some Afro-diasporic cultures, ancestors are seen as being able to intercede on behalf of the living, often as messengers between humans and God. In other cultures, the purpose of ancestor veneration is not to ask for favors, but to do, simply to do one's filial duty. And in some cultures, they believe that their ancestors actually need to be provided for by their descendants, and their practices include offerings of food and other provisions. Mm -hmm. Others don't believe that the ancestors are even aware of what their descendants do for them, but that the expression of this filial piety is what is important. And although there's no generally accepted theory concerning the origins of ancestor veneration, it is a social phenomenon that appears. In some form, in all human cultures documented so far, which is kind of amazing, um, yeah and two people that are like, let's discuss ancestor veneration. I didn't really get into it there, uh, David Barrett and Carney. they claim that ancestor veneration might have served a group coordination role during human evolution, and thus it was the mechanism that led to religious representation, fostering group cohesion.
0: Oh my goodness, what a smart sentence. Love it. Yeah, they they read that. They claimed it. I didn't do that. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we just described a few different parts of the world. So I'll break down um some of those areas. Um so the first, Africa. Ancestor veneration is prevalent throughout the continent of Africa, and it serves as the basis of many religions there. It is often augmented by a belief in a supreme being but prayers and or sacrifices are usually offered to the ancestors who may ascend to becoming a kind of minor deity themselves. Kind of when you think of like the saints in Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to that. Or like the Virgin Mary where you know the Catholics are kind of like they don't know what to say. They're like we don't worship her but we worship her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's only one god but there's also mary <laughs> <laughs> but there's the mary um so uh the syria people of senegal the gambia and mauritania who adhere to the tenets of oh my gosh i am so sorry a, a fat rug, i'm so sorry syria Sir, uh, syria religion pretty much they believe in the veneration of the Pangul, which is the ancient Syria saints and or ancestral spirits. So we just talked about saints. They also mm-hmm. got their own saints. In Madagascar, approximately half of the country's population of 20 million currently practice traditional religion, which tends to emphasize links between the living and the Razana or the ancestors. That's very big there. So the veneration of ancestors has led to the widespread tradition of tomb building. I feel like if you're going to honor your ancestors, those that came before you, you're going to be really into wherever they lay to rest, right? Um, As well as the Highlands practice of famadiana, whereby a deceased family member, um, their remains may be exhumed to be periodically rewrapped in fresh silk shrouds, before being replaced in the tomb. So it's like mm-hmm. you're kind of you're just like the groundskeeper. You're you're doing the tomb grave maintenance and it's a way to like still you're still show your affection and love even in their afterlife. Like you're right. still taking care of them and respecting them as much as when they were living. Yeah. So our next stop in the world is asia so in cambodia during uh, um ben and the cambodian new year people make offerings to their ancestors Pchum ben is a time when many cambodians pay their respects to deceased relatives of up to seven generations that's a lot of people <laughs> that's a lot of fucking people what is that like 300 years something like that i, I at you know, least give or take i think So monks chant the suttas in Pali language overnight, continuously, without sleeping. This is hardcore. Yeah. So they do this um, in prelude to the Gates of Hell opening, an event that is presumed to occur once a year and is linked to the cosmology of King Yama originating in the Pali canon. So during this period, the gates of hell are opened and ghosts of the dead called Preta are presumed to be especially active.
1: Very similar to Samhain, except it's not hell.
0: Just a little more of a hellish, you know, version of Samhain. Um, I kind of, I dig it. So the gates of hell are open, the ghosts of the dead, the, the Preta, they're walking about. In order to combat this, food offerings are made to benefit benefit them, some of these ghosts having the opportunity to end their period of um, purgation, being in purgatory, whereas others are imagined to leave hell just temporarily to then return to endure more suffering. Without much explanation, relatives who are not in hell, who are in heaven or otherwise reincarnated, are also generally imagined to benefit from the ceremonies. In China, they practice both ancestor veneration and ancestor worship. Um, the importance of paying respect to parents and elders lies with the fact that all physical bodily aspects of one's being were created by one's parents, who continued to tend to one's but well-being until one was on firm footing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The respect and homage to parents is to return this deed to them in life and in their afterlife so during a she ceremony she being a sacrificial representation of a dead relative the ancestral spirit supposedly would enter the personator who would eat and drink sacrificial offerings and convey spiritual messages in india the spirit of a dead person is called um peters which is venerated as well when a person dies the family observes a 13 day mourning period generally called and i'm again i couldn't so find sorry. the pronunciation yes yeah, sh- um shrada i'm going to say a year after they observe the ritual of tarpan in which the family makes offerings to the deceased during these rituals the family prepares the food items that the deceased liked Um, very similar to Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the traditional foods, but you also, you know, put out the things that you know they loved. Um, so they put out these foods and do, 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 oh my gosh, I lost my place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, yeah, so they, long story short, I mean, I guess short story longer, they make the food they like for the deceased person. (laughs) Okay, there I am. (laughs) Now I found where I am in my notes. So they offer this food to crows as well on certain days because it's believed that the soul comes in the form of a bird to taste it.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. Um, And if I am not mistaken, it's not in my notes, uh, but I know somewhere in the Himalayas, Himalayan mm. region, I think in Nepal, they believe that um, the vultures there are actually angels. Mm. Yeah, like that they're just the manifestation of spirits or angels that come down. Um, so it's very interesting to to see kind of like this bird theme. Yeah. Um, I think with any like winged creature, they feel very like a transitional or transcendent kind of being between yeah. our living world and the ethereal. Right. Um So only after these rituals are made are the family members allowed to eat. Indian and Chinese practices of ancestor worship are prevalent throughout Asia as a result of the large Indian and Chinese populations in countries such as Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and elsewhere just across the continent. Right. Um, The large Indian population in places such as Fiji and Guyana has resulted in these practices spreading beyond their Asian homeland. Um, So in the animistic indigenous religions of the pre-colonial Philippines, say that three times fast, Mm -hmm. ancestor spirits were one of the two major types of spirits, Anito, uh, with whom shamans communicate. Ancestor spirits were known as Umalagad, um, which translates to guardian or caretaker. Mm-hmm. They can be the spirits of actual ancestors or generalized guardian spirits of a family. Ancient Filipinos believed that upon death, the soul of a person travels, usually by boat, to a spirit world.
1: Now, if we go up over to Europe, there's actually a lot less information available. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is the whole like. This is where the ethics to me comes in. This is why we work to deal with the whole whiteness and white supremacy is because we've essentially erased our own past. There's not much history. So in Catholic countries, and this is after Christianity has already come into play, um, in Europe, continued later with the, um, the Church of England, basically, November 1st is All Saints Day. It became known as that and is still known as that to specifically venerate those who have died and who have been deemed official saints by the church. And we don't really need to explain the Gaelic form of ancestor veneration. We have a whole episode that we did on it last year. That's Samhain.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, one of the origins of Halloween. I don't want to say the origin because I think over the years
0: we have one of actually, the major influences, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like 95% nineteen ninety five. Yeah. But um so go listen to that episode. Um in in Judaism, which I'm including here, it's not specific to Europe, it's not really specific to a country, but I'm just pointing it out. Um when a grave site is visited, a small pebble is placed on the headstone. And while there's no clear answer as to why this custom of leaving pebbles may date back to biblical days when individuals were buried under piles of stones. Today they are left as tokens that people have been there to visit to remember um Um,
0: i.e the end of schindler's list oh my god oh yeah yep all the feels
1: yeah and there's even um a tradition i know judaism it's not just like you're jewish and that's it there's different forms of it and i don't know Mm -hmm. if this is true across all of them but they also have a period of time after one passes where the body can't Mm -hmm. be left alone yeah
0: that's so you, right.
1: you you sit and vigil, basically, they actually, it was an amazing movie. I can't remember the name of it. Was it called vigil? It's about a man who is called to sit with a dead body mm. and it's like borderline horror. I think it oh. is horror. Um, But I, and I'm fairly certain it's an all Jewish cast too, but it, oh, cool. I'm going to have to look it up. It was really good. All based on that. Um, the idea being that the body needed needs to be watched over so that no other spirits can try and mess with it. And that has been my very uh. non-Jewish explanation. It's a much more beautiful reason. But anyway, uh, that's what I have on Europe. That's literally what I have on Europe. That's it. That's all. Um, in modern North America, we have celebrations of deceased loved ones shortly after their passing, which are funerals. But that's about it. Sometimes we have memorials, uh, some period after, but not usually an ongoing tradition. Mm. Um, we instead have Memorial Day, which is for remembering the deceased men and women who served in the nation's military, particularly those who have died in war or doing, during active service. Um, and we, we celebrate... Lots I know- of
0: mattress sales.
1: <laughs> I was going to ease into it, but... <laughs>
0: I'm just going to say it as somebody sales. who works directly in marketing, <laughs> lots of mattress sales, lots, of, lots of sales left and right.
1: It's it's that's when anyone who sells anything will be asked, are you having a sale for Memorial Day? So it's not it it's it's such a weird it's for dead people, but we celebrate with sales. It's strange.
0: It's, it's Yeah. It's it's almost like this weird, uh, it's equated to the unofficial kickoff to summer as well, Memorial Day weekend. So people celebrate it, but they're really celebrating the incoming, like, summer weather and not so much. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people who have the, you know, um, our deceased vets in mind. Right. And active vets, too, because Mm -hmm. I know that, like, they often eat for free at several restaurants during that weekend. Um, But it's a very weird. It's just it's I think it's very convoluted. And yeah, it's it. I I don't like Memorial Day other than the fact that Bottle Rock always happens on Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) So I'm probably probably really guilty of it myself, too. But
1: right. That's that's what we've done here. That's it's it's sad uh, that it's not more venerated really yeah um what seems to be even more popular that and is increasingly in popularity i hate saying popularity but like it's a thing um mm-hmm. oftentimes if someone has died in a car accident was hit by mm. a car side of a road many roadside shrines will be created um for this deceased person um And, you know, it's not just relatives. It could be friends. It's really popular. If it's just a member of the community, other community members will come out, add to it. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can be financed by the state or province as they can serve as a a reminder to those driving cautiously in hazardous areas. In other areas, the the state or city or whoever may actually try to remove it, which is also really sad.
0: Or... They like commemorate a stretch of the freeway or road to a person, like sometimes yeah. they make it very, very official and say like, "This is Officer P. Franklin's blah blah, blah. right freeway. That's usually you if they are
1: like in more of a higher social standing or yeah, a, um not just a, a community member but someone who served as some sort of something.
0: yeah, so you see a lot mm-hmm. of officers for sure, because they're so often get hit when you know they're riding a ticket they have somebody pulled over that's yeah you'll see those around
1: right so that's that's what's popular in modern north america now the indigenous american people indigenous americans i just mixed indigenous and native american It <laughs> made it very strange yeah. anyway from what i found Uh, There wasn't a whole lot, and honestly, I didn't want to cover too much because I don't want to speak for them if it's not Mm -hmm. something that's easily accessible.
0: Um, I feel like there's so many tribes
1: that probably have their own unique, like... They have their own unique traditions. Yeah. Many of them, it seems, are not heavily concerned with veneration of the dead, necessarily. They were known to bury the dead with clothes and tools, as well as occasionally leave food and drink at the gravesite. Um, and Pueblo Indians supported a cult of the dead which worshiped or petitioned the dead through ritualistic dances. But there is some thought to this the idea of venerating the dead with the indigenous um people because they venerated just life in general. Mm-hmm. And the dead were some were part of it, just like yeah. um I actually came across I don't remember if it was a video or if I read it, but someone was saying like I was asked as you know a native person what what is more important to me you know the earth food my my people and their response was just it's all the same thing to me mm-hmm. like I don't look at it as one thing it's all it's all one thing and so I, I think the idea may have been that they venerate the land as they venerate the dead as they venerate their food and their everything
0: that is a um A very consistent theme that when I learn of not only Native American traditions, but just, like, all the, like, indigenous outlooks of the world, they are Mm -hmm. constantly seeing the macrocosm because that's, like, so consistent with the culture, I think, throughout tribes as they see the macrocosm of how everything is interconnected. Yeah. Um, It's really, really beautiful truly to not only see your world but interact with it
1: i i agree completely and i think it's um people who have that culture a vision behind them are the people worth listening to when it comes to how our world is affected by different things because of that outlook so mm-hmm. i don't know it is it's beautiful um and I don't know why I included ancient Egypt after this portion. It should have been in with Africa. Maybe I tried to mm-hmm. cut it up since the Africa and Asia were so long. But um, we're going back over to Africa, but specifically ancient Egypt. Not People love hearing
0: Egypt. about Egypt. Let's do it.
1: Everyone loves it. So although some historians claim that ancient Egyptian society was a, and I've heard this so many times, a, quote, death cult because of its elaborate tombs and mummification rituals, it was the opposite. Uh, ancient Egyptian people loved the culture, customs, and religion of their daily lives so much that they wanted to continue them in the next. Mm-hmm. Um, although some might hope for a better station in the, what's, what's called the beautiful West, that's the Egyptian afterlife. Uh, Tombs were just housing in the hereafter, and so they were carefully constructed and decorated just as homes for the living were. Of course, I think maybe a little bit more enclosed than their open Um, homes. Uh, Mummification was a way to preserve the corpse so the ka, or the soul, of the deceased could return to receive offerings of the livings he or she enjoyed while alive. And if mummification was not affordable, a cost statue in the likeness of the deceased was carved for uh, this purpose. And as we all know, they had the canopic jars where Mm -hmm. the important organs were stored because they didn't think you needed all of it, just some of it. Um, And that would be (laughs) with their dead body. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and for those that, you know, couldn't afford really much of any of that, they would get like... um... Somebody, they would commission an artist to paint their likeness, like, on their simple wooden coffin. Exactly, yeah. Or sarcophagus or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, there had to, yeah, there's always, like, a representation trying to tie in the living person as much as they can in that tomb. Yeah. All right. So... We touched a little bit about some modern-day veneration like Memorial Day, um, but let's get a little more into it. Um, So modern veneration, it's mindfulness of who people were when they were alive, what they stood for, what they sacrificed to bring into the world. Um, It's knowledge of their legacy and participation in preserving and advancing that legacy. It's intimacy in knowing that your ancestors, with their vast wisdom and experience, have chosen to support you in your life and will stand at the edge of the veil and welcome you into the spirit world when you pass and become an ancestor yourself. I was just thinking about this earlier today because I knew that this episode was coming up. (laughs) I'm thinking about um, the... Act that Dane Cook has, where he's like, I imagine it like when you're at the arrivals at the airport, and like my mom will be holding up a sign like, <laughs> "Welcome," and then I'll see all these people that I don't know, but are apparently related to me or whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's there's a very important connection because we all end up in the same place, more or less, mm-hmm. depending on your beliefs, <laughs> right? Um. But modern veneration is also devotion to a path that is very unique to an individual and dependent on the connections that you create and maintain with the spirits. Um, It's commitment to promises. um, And it's an amazing feeling of love and fellowship and support on your journey through life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Ancestor ancestor veneration is definitely a, practice meaning you must do it in order to receive the benefit of the practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's actual like actions that you kind of need to take. Um rather than like, you know, having the fuzzy feelings for grandma so and so, it's doing actual actions incorporating her spirit or just anyone of right. your ancestors into your practice and really infusing their presence. Um, again, as I said, it's highly individualized. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different person to person. There's a lot of variation in what practices look like from one person to another because it's a very personal thing. These are your ancestors. Um, their collective stories are unique. Your relationship to those stories and those people are unique. So, you know, while this is a how-to, it's definitely like up to you what feels right for you and your ancestors yeah um some people may not feel called to do ancestor veneration at all which is okay if you're not into it i mean i highly recommend it because i find it very fulfilling and i've seldom heard of anyone that hasn't found it fulfilling Mm -hmm. um but if you have too much going on it's fine um other people may work very extensively with ancestor spirits over other kinds of spirit guides. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps like the root of their entire practice is surrounded around ancestral veneration. Yeah. Um, It takes some measure of reflection to decide whether or not ancestor veneration is something you'd like to add to your own personal path as Mm -hmm. a witch. Um, Totally up to you, as I said. So, if you do decide, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's explore ancestor veneration. I want to do that. Sounds awesome. You guys have sold me. Cool. This, These are some things that you can do to incorporate it into your practice. Um, if you think ancestor veneration is something that... I, I already said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me just reread my bullet over again. Um, but, okay, so here's a good place to start. Start with talking with family members you're closest with. Mm -hmm. Focus on the ones who seem interesting to you or that you have had a good relationship with in life. Learn their stories, record them, whether that's, you know, writing it down, a literal like audio recorder, um, video, whatever it is, uh, whatever way possible to preserve their legacies. Then expand your circle to family members you may not be as close to. Um, finally make sure to ask about those who have passed Um, beyond that genealogy really can be helpful if you have access Mm -hmm. of course there are people who don't know their family stories they don't have a direct connection to be able to know right this is where genealogy can be very very handy and that you can lean into Um, you can listen to your ancestors music learn their dances, learn their language so you can sing their songs, dedicate positive actions in the name of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. The most important and most challenging way to honor our ancestors is to fulfill our personal potential and life's purpose here on Earth.
1: Which just feels like, so duh, you're here because of them. Yeah, You wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. So makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Um ancestors are, ancestors are seen as allies in this process of remembering um and they are a reservoir of power and backing to help us embody our potential in this lifetime. Um conversely when we have lost touch with a sense of greater purpose if we are fortunate the ancestors may bring about life changes aimed to guide us towards greater contact with our soul's longing and increased awareness of the agreements made before our birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So which way to the forest is currently focusing on ancestor work on their page and has put together some really beautiful suggestions on how to incorporate it. So stay open to direct communication from the ancestors, direct contact with the spirits of the ancestors, can be cultivated through ritual practices. However, communication may also happen spontaneously in forms such as dream contact, which is one that I get a lot, waking encounters, and synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And of course, establish a physical place to honor your ancestors. Um, I made a reel a year ago around Mm -hmm. the time of Samhain where I was putting together. um, It wasn't an altar. So mm-hmm. much as it was a shrine for right. my ancestors, um and I'll probably like repost that or something mm-hmm. um, so that's at the top of our feed for everyone to view once this episode goes out,
1: yeah um so as you mentioned, which way to the forest is actually someone who i I met several years ago through a mutual friend um and have kind of stayed connected with on Instagram, and they have been doing like per month, like a different theme that they're focusing on something witchy. Uh, But this particular month, they've been working on the ancestor stuff and um, every day posting something a little bit different to focus on. And one thing that they touched on that leads me into my next part here is, um, as I touched on in the beginning, how ancestor work involves some of the, uh, I'm so sorry. I know my mic isn't working. I don't know if you're going to hear my dog licking herself to death in the background.
0: She will not stop. <laughs> Domino's just doing her thing, <laughs> <laughs> majorly. Anyway, it was
1: distracting me. I don't know if the, if the computer mic picked it up, but there we go. <laughs> no, I, I, at least I couldn't
0: I couldn't hear it that much. I only heard it a little bit. I did see it happening though on camera, which was lovely. <laughs>
1: yeah sorry about I know that. you're
0: so funny <laughs>
1: so as I mentioned, there's a bit of uh what's very popular to talk about today, which is dismantling whiteness, white supremacy uh that whiteness is a myth, et cetera et cetera, et cetera um and which Way of the forest brought this up kind of brought up that you know this is part of it um and they had a good discussion on their page about, you know, people's feelings about that. Um, so if you get a chance, respectfully, read through some of it. Um, but why would there be ethics involved in, in veneration? It's your ancestors, right? It's where you come from. You want to honor them, et cetera. But how can you venerate an ancestor if you don't know what kind of life they led? How can you ven- venerate an ancestor if they were a slave owner, let's say? Mm. Um, This is more of a challenge for white witches, really. I can't say only at all. Um, But, you know, we were big players in that side of history. So there is going to be a piece of that. Probably several pieces all over your genealogy. I tell you, if you have access, just take a look. I found some, some interesting things out. I think we've had mentioned before from people wondering, you know, why do we mention race um, or anything political like that? But <laughs> to us, really, if if you are witchy, if you are calling yourself a witch, if you're connecting to old ways, y- you kind of have to look at it in this way. You have to face Listen. your whiteness. You have to work on dismantling it. You're essentially appropriating without facing that. It, I just you can't okay. take from it. And I just got to say, like
0: <laughs> I'm not obviously I'm not calling out the people who have reached out to us. I will not accept and I will not respond to people who tell us that racism doesn't exist. Right. I'm not even going to entertain that. Yeah. If you're listening to our podcast, you're obviously not really listening. If you are a quote unquote listener and you message that into us, maybe go back and actually listen. I was, that's all I'm going to say. Not calling any specific person out, just putting that on the table. Hard pass. Yeah.
1: It's when you're, when you are someone who is wanting to be a witchy, you really have to be looking at why you're into this because. You are talking about practices that were done, whether you're pagan or not, prior to Christianity, truly, or it's from a culture that has retained it. Either way, if you're not willing to face your own roots and what part your ancestors may have played in, you know, harm to others, especially of marginalized groups, then what are you doing? you you have you have to at least acknowledge that these things have occurred and are occurring. Um and I actually right before we were recording, I came across a video on TikTok just scrolling through like I normally do. And one of my favorite creators on there, Gee Witches. She's amazing. So, oh, amazing. um she's she's amazing not just because she's knowledgeable and shares so much, but she is so well spoken and well researched and is very open to learning um hardly ever has she had to correct herself on something when she has it has been done very responsibly um but she called out something that was occurring and this is something that we will cover in a future ethics episode but um it was a very popular norse person norse talk if you are aware of tiktok there's a norse talk very popular norse pagan person posted something regarding, um, spicy Germans, which was their way of saying Nazis on the app. And she was like, Hey, you know, this is actually kind of harmful. Um, especially her as a Jewish person who is German, Jewish and German, like it, there were a number of reasons she outlined in a very nice video as to why it's harmful, but, um, this particular person would not listen. And, uh, there were several attacks made by them and others Trying to say like, no, we get to say this because of this reason. And it's one of those examples of if you think that you are sticking up for a marginalized group and then a member of that group says, hey, what you're doing is harmful and you're trying to say why you should be allowed to do it. That's not okay. That's not how we do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's gross. It's disgusting. And it's, it's, it's not, it's just, it's not okay. It really, it, I was livid watching it all. Um, and it's, it's, what's gross about it to me is that it's, it's almost all the Norse pagans on that app that I come across. Not all, some of them are okay, but the big ones, the ones with the biggest audiences are the ones that will do something like this. We stand against hate, but hey, Jewish person, calm down. It's fine. No big deal. Just, yeah. So that's why like the ethics part of, of ancestor veneration means a lot to me because mm-hmm. if you're white, you most you had somebody. You, there's no perfect person in your family that did some shitty things. So it it's it's involved. You have to. There's no way around it. So you have to when you do ancestor work, if you're talking to family members, if you're doing genealogy, if you were doing anything more than just venerating the the people you are closest to. Um, you have to do it with a critical eye because they most likely did some really shitty things. Um, If you have someone who was, for example, involved in the killing of indigenous people, um, you should look into how you should look into how to undo the effect that that had. Um, Of course, you're not going to change the world by doing that, but you can make small steps to offer some sort of reparation. And that's huge. You know, reparation is talked about a lot when it comes to, Mm -hmm. you know, the enslaved people that, you know, the American people should be paying reparations. Why wouldn't we? I mean, I know that goes a little outside ancestor veneration, but like I found in my genealogy work records that one of my family members, it was their will that I found. They left um, land, money, and animals to their servant which I remember for a moment reading it going like, oh, good for you. It was servant, not slave. And then I was had to like immediately be like, Lauren, nope, that still isn't okay. That's yeah. look at it as the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of like reading it, but like, okay, but he's giving him something. So like, that's good. But ownership of the servant also passed to his son, which is where I was like, Ugh. yeah. Okay. So that exists. That Just I knew it was going to be there somewhere because my grandma's family has been here since the uh, Mayflower. So obviously that was going to be there. Prior to that, she was British, so (laughs) yeah, it's gone on for a long time. So it's definitely something that you have to keep in mind when you're doing that work that, you know, as you are maybe venerating some nameless or faceless ancestors that you know exist, but... You don't know who they were. You also have to remember that they probably did something like that.
0: Um, Domino's just making this all about her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she lately has been like glued to me. Everywhere I go, she eventually, she, I'll move to a different room. And then like a few minutes later, she's there. <laughs> I sit down on the couch like over there and she's, she'll be right on my lap. <laughs> Usually, she's she's a daddy's girl, so I'm not sure what's happening, but I'm taking it. That's cute, I'm
0: okay with it. Maybe it's your hair. Okay, where was that? Mom, digging this hair.
1: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you want to look at what they did and the effect it had and make an actionable plan to undo it in any way possible. And that is another form of ancestor veneration because you want to acknowledge what your ancestors did, the bad things. And then do something mm-hmm. to undo it or to have some positive effect. Uh, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, positive, do something positive um, in their name. Yeah. Positive um, acts. So that's one way. Yeah, that's one way you could kind of do that. Um, the idea being you don't want to continue the effect of what their actions, which is so common in a world where whiteness is acceptable over being English-American or Dutch-American. Yeah. You know what like I mean? feel like this
0: um, awareness of um, the white and being mindful of your white ancestors. I mean, obviously, it's been around. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's brand new. But it came right. into heightened awareness last year um, with the... Exactly. Uh, with the, like, rise of the BLM movement. Obviously, BLM has been around Mm -hmm. for a while, but it was very, very active last year and continues to be. Um, But, you know, I remember reading somebody online being like, there's a lot, I'm seeing a lot of white witches out there calling on their (laughs) ancestors to assist (laughs) in, (laughs) to assist, you know, the, the, um, the acts of, of BLM and homegirl like your, <laughs> your answers are, might not be like actually helpful <laughs> or want to help you might have you probably have racist ancestors that's so much like
1: the, the we are the granddaughters of the witches that you didn't burn and being like a- actually actually you're probably the granddaughters of the people who called the others witches <laughs> and had them burned <laughs> let's be real yeah. here It it is kind of a weird and I think that's the, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to get to is in my own practice, but that I'd like to get across to other people is don't be like that, please. <laughs> like, be real. Be You can venerate your ancestors while also acknowledging the bad things
0: that they did. Yeah, I'm not going to call on my ancestors to help in the fight for the LGBTQ movement because I know that they were not about that. Instead, Mm -hmm. I just commit to positive action, being an ally for them. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm not... You just have to be aware of, of, you know, as much as you can, right, about who they are and really see them in the true context of their culture and their historical time period, too.
1: Absolutely. Um. And one thing, too, that, you know, I I didn't actually write a whole thing here in the notes about it, but epigenetics is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. I don't know why I said it like that. Science has shown that epigenetics is a legitimate thing, that certain things are passed down through your genetics that are more than just the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, skin, etc. Alcoholism, patterns of physical and sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. uh, emotional (laughs) cruelty, dysfunction, Religious extremism, racism, sexism, wounds related to money, poverty, predisposition to physical and mental illnesses and a thousand and one other poisons can all be passed down along the bloodlines. And that's where epigenetics kind of comes in. I mean, obviously, some of those things just naturally will come in, but even the emotional things, the things that, you know, having a a really racist ancestor can pass down. And the effect that it has can pass down. And so where you are right now and doing ancestor veneration, you can undo that. It can stop with you where you then move forward with positive actions.
0: Yeah, because inheriting all that is not your fault. What you do with that inheritance is absolutely on you and is your responsibility.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, I know we said ancestor veneration isn't genealogy. Um, If you have access to it, I would recommend it just because it can aid you. Um, And if you, you know, are able to look through some of those documents and things that support you know the people that you add to your tree and whatnot you can find quite a bit of um rather than just assuming what kind of person they are you can find a little bit of proof um another piece i found was that one of my um ancestors that came from the mayflower i think a couple generations after was scalped and killed by the indigenous folks and i remember reading it going oh for them like I know that was my family member but at the same yeah. time like that's it's kind of what happened like you get the yeah shouldn't have been here <laughs> but um I mean some ways that like I would look at that as someone who both has pride of coming from people who crossed over in the Mayflower just in the that that's a piece of history I'm also very mindful of the effect that it's had. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving the way that other people do. Um, I don't do the pilgrim and Indians thing. Um, And if it is, you know, I will go to dinner with my family if it allows, uh, mainly to just see family. We try to make it about family versus anything to do with the pilgrims, even though our, my ancestor, my family's mm-hmm. ancestor was, like, the head pilgrim. The lead pilgrim. So still weird to say. The lead pilgrim, William Brewster. He was, like, the priest dude. He was an old man. Made the trip as an old man. And I get it, you know, those guys came over because of religious persecution. So, like, they were trying to do something good, but the effect it had wasn't good. And it's okay to admit that. Yeah. But... You know, it's a thing. It's a thing to deal with. So that's my rant on the ethics of uh, uh, ancestor veneration.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, personally for me, with it being ancestor season, I obviously you can venerate your ancestors all year long, but the veil is thin yes. during this time. And that is—it's also crazy to me that it, that is seen a, like throughout cultures around the world. Yeah, there's something about yeah. this time of year. Um, so the veil is thin. This is a great time to take advantage of ancestor veneration and lean into it more than you usually do. Um, I know that's the yep. case, particularly for me. I don't do ancestor veneration every single day. But I definitely lean into it way more um, during the month of of October and even into November. Um, so I will be, you know, giving my credenza a little facelift here at home like I did last year. It's a credenza. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I'll be putting flowers, plants, um, I don't put real candles, but I, I do like the LED mm-hmm. one. So I don't have to worry about anything burning down. <laughs> um, I'll be doing my morning uh, offerings to them. Fresh glass of water, maybe even some coffee. My great grandfather particularly loved chocolate. So I always put out some chocolate for him. And that's one that I feel like is a very active spirit guide for me. Um, And just Gathering all of the old family photos that have those that have passed, getting them all on that table and just making it really beautiful, you know, keeping Mm -hmm. it pretty, dusting it um, every so often, making sure that it's all looking gorgeous.
1: Love it. Yeah. Love it. I've been um, spending the last few months practicing it a little bit differently. Um, I've been asking my parents more questions about family, Mm -hmm. Uh, stuff that I know, but like even more asking more about, you know, what were their favorite foods? What were their favorite things to do? Their favorite music? Some of it I already knew. Some of it was newer. Um, And so I've been trying to kind of more. I don't know. I like want to live in the experience of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like making their foods. And th- with them in mind, as kind of um, an invitation for them to be in the moment mm-hmm. with me. Um, I haven't made anything yet. So I wanted to wait till it got a little bit closer. And all the foods are like cool weather foods, so like now is kind of the perfect time. Um, so my mom for my birthday made um, beef bourguignon. Oh, I love beef bourguignon. That's that was my one of my grandma's favorites apparently. Um she made it all the time. I think she made it, and then eventually my grandpa would make it all the time um and it definitely is a food that reminds me of both of them, so that was really nice oh, to have nice. and so i I've been wanting to do more things like that mm-hmm. um on top of having i mean they have their spot in the house, all their pictures um trying to get Graham more involved with asking about his family. I haven't in a while,
0: yeah,
1: um, and I have to actually add.
0: His grandma. That's something I'm really looking forward to when Gavin and I have our own home. Um, you know, obviously, and I've I've mentioned in the podcast on the past, um, so maybe not so obviously for newer listeners, but uh (laughs) Gavin's father passed almost a year ago. And we actually just this last weekend had his memorial, Mm -hmm. um, his celebration of life which was beautiful. Um, we Mm -hmm. had, it was honestly, it was amazing. Um, we had two planned speeches, uh, from two of his best friends and we kind of left it open mic and we were kind of nervous that like no one would want to speak after the Mm -hmm. first two. And it went on for a full hour of people going up and speaking beautiful words about Jimbo. Um, Oh, I love that. So, definitely looking forward to you know incorporating that venerating Jimbo as well as um Gavin's family. I know that his grandparents, he has a very tender spot in his heart for them and, and none of them are are living today. So Yeah. So yeah, it's um you know for now we do what we can here in the home. <laughs> My folks home because yeah. we're still living here. But um, hopefully, if not by the end of this year, hopefully next year we can have our own spot. And, you know, that's one thing that I do want to speak to. I know so many of you are in the broom closet and yeah, it's okay if you don't have a credenza to put together yes. your ancestral shrine. It's totally fine. Um, maybe it's just a corner of your bedroom. I personally have to have my altar in my bedroom. Um, I feel like somebody reached out asking, like, saying that, oh, I think, isn't it bad if you have an altar in your bedroom? Aren't you supposed to not have an altar in your bedroom? Like, pff, that's not. Who's going to who, say it? Yeah. Bad? Who? What are you talking about? Who's going to come? Get I mean, I'm sure there are people saying it, but it's not true. I have. I've had mine here for like two years now, and it's been great because you do what you can. Yeah. Um and if you have to have something that's even more discreet, maybe it's carrying around their photo, you know, with you throughout the day like in your purse or in your pocket, um or something that represents them and even better if it's something tactile that you can like physically, you know, feel in touch with. Um so Just ruminate on that. There's so many different options. Again, it's so personal to each individual. But there's always a way to venerate your ancestors, no matter your situation. Um, And hell, even if you don't have any physical items, you don't have heirlooms, you've lost photographs or you've never had photographs, um, it could be writing in a journal as if you're speaking to them or dedicating a time of day where you sit and think about them and ask for their guidance, you know. So, so many different ways to do it. Um, you don't have to do yeah. the whole shebang. It can be in small little ways. And, of course, if you can, go all out. But anybody can, can do yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can absolutely find your own way. I actually, one of your suggestions reminded me. I have um, a little picture of uh, my great aunt Alice and me when I was a baby. Aww. And it's in my car. And I intended to take it to the cemetery at one point because uh, there's no picture on her little spot on the mm-hmm. wall. She's cremated. And I was like, I want at least, like, a photo of her there. Um, but every time I'd go, the door was locked. So it's just been sitting in my car. And um, I just, like, made a connection. that like, I always remember it's there. And lately, when I'm driving with Graham... I'm like extra nervous of his driving for some reason and have been audibly like, Mm -hmm. slow Mm -hmm. down. And it just dawned on me. That's exactly how she was as a passenger. Oh, everybody's driving made her nervous except for taxi drivers
0: (laughs) because they're professionals. (laughs) Yes. And she
1: she wasn't a bad driver. Uh, She also wasn't the safest I was actually in the car with her once when she got into an accident. She just kind of went through a stop sign and hit another elderly Ooh. person. Um, it, You know, it all went well, but, like, I haven't had that aspect of it, but, like,
0: it's clicking mm-hmm. with me now. <laughs> her presence in the car, she might need to get out of the car. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm glad that you remember me, hon, but I'm really stressed in here. <laughs> Literally, I'm just I like
1: I've always been like that as a passenger, like if so, if I feel like someone's not the best driver Mm -hmm. internally, I'll be like, oh, oh, God, are they going to slow down? But to be at the point where I'm like, I feel it throughout my whole body and like say something. That's my analysis. Oh,
0: wow. wow, that's really cool. But yeah, maybe maybe get her out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) Just get to come out of the car.
1: (laughs) Oh, but someone else in there. Not my grandpa. He. We called him Mr. Magoo for a reason. <laughs> he not only looked like him, he drove oh like him. Oh, my gosh. Fly through a stop sign. You'd be like, Grandpa, that was a stop sign. Why didn't you tell me? Because <laughs> I'm nine
0: and you're the driver. Oh, man. I had so many close <laughs> calls with my grandma. And my grandma was was a very good driver. But obviously with age that deteriorated. Um, yeah. which was a sadness for her because she loved driving, she loved it, which I kind of inherited from her. I love driving too, even though I have Gavin drive me everywhere as if he's my foot chauffeur. But I love Dude, having my I'm moment, same. just <laughs> driving in the car, and it's like just a nice way to unwind. But, um, yeah, definitely I remember her taking a left turn and then getting into the the oncoming traffic's lane instead of (laughs) ours
1: after she returned. And I'm like,
0: Grandma, this isn't our lane! And she, like, just slowly went back to the correct lane. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's, like, laughing at herself. She she is still alive. I will say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, she is a firecracker, that one. She's so funny. (laughs) Um, Right. Uh, We hope that You all have a good October, a good Samhain, if you celebrate that. Um, Yeah. And we are hoping that you guys take this, all this information that we presented and that you are able to connect with your ancestors more. Um, I will, I'll say that they're always, they're always there for you if you so choose to engage in that relationship in
1: so many ways more than just spiritually i mean they're part of yeah. you
0: absolutely um and if anyone has any questions reach out to us and let us know um you can yeah. find us on social media at the new witches pretty much everywhere so you can slide into our dms uh or you can email us at the new witches at com. and if you'd like to submit a question or um, if you have a story, witchy, true crime, spiritual, whatever it is, um, even if it's just like a wild dream you had, uh, you can do so on our website, um, com. You can email it in, as I said. Or lastly, we have our Google voice number. That's 707-559-8111. And the voicemail box gives you three minutes to leave your um, question or or story And all those questions and stories we will feature on an upcoming listeners episode, which we have every 13th of the month. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, great way to support the podcast. Uh, Click subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever listening platform you're using right now. Tell your friends and family about us. Um, Helps us, you know, with our standing on those listening platforms. and. Of course, you can become a Patreon member, just like who we shouted out earlier in this episode. So go to patreon.com slash the new witches. And we have different membership tiers. Um, And you get exclusive benefits as a Patreon member. Um, Monthly bonus episodes. You're added to our close friends list on Instagram. So you see exclusive content on our stories. We have a private Facebook group that you're added to. Um, as I mentioned, you get a handwritten thank you note um, if if you do provide us with your mailing address. Um, that's optional, of course. And uh, lots of other great goodies, including readings with Laura. Um, so definitely check it out if you're curious and we'll shout you out on an episode when you sign up, too. Um, so thank you so much for everybody for listening. Catch us next week for our spooky episode. Just pretty perfect that we're kind of like capping October with a yeah. spooky one. Um I will be covering and- Paranormal and Laura Will Have True mm-hmm. Crime. Which is
1: flushing out to be an interesting topic. Ooh. I will say. At least what I'm doing go- I'm looking into the research yeah. now. It looks like it is uh it's um it's what served as the inspiration for a popular Halloween movie.
0: Ooh. I'm excited. So I no, have yet to choose too. my um, my topic, but I will find it. Maybe the day before, maybe the day of. Just <laughs> Throw notes together and just fly, fly with that. Um, I was definitely the procrastinator in school. Like my reports were the fucking shit, but you know I was up all fucking night <laughs> doing it. Like before,
1: I was the same way, but for but for me. The result that had is now as an adult, if I don't have it prepared ahead of time, I will have a full-blown anxiety attack until it's done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's not do that Uh. then. (laughs) All right. um, We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, You all are great. We love you. Stay witchy. Make
1: good choices. Oh, and keep it creepy.
0: (laughs) And make good choices. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Domino says goodbye too